Welcome to the Refuge City Church Midweek Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Thrower, the lead pastor of Refuge City Church. So let's get into Sunday Sermon. Welcome back to the Midweek Podcast. I'm glad you're here. I want to just give an overview of what I talked about on Sunday. I mentioned a few things I didn't get to. Uh, we were in Psalm 80. Uh, this is a psalm of lament and corporate prayer. Some of the people of God are seeing a little oppression. They're desperate for God. They're in a low place, feeling the absence of God. I'm sure some of us can relate to that. And here they're becoming aware of their need for God. So it takes them to get at this place of desperation in order for them to become aware of their need for God, and that's going to be important throughout today's podcast. You see this uh, as a refrain in 3719, where he says, Restore us. Uh, these people were in, they were, they were in a desperate situation. In fact, most scholars believe that this psalm was written when the Assyrians took over, so their understanding of the need for an awakening came from the enemies that sought to destroy them. And when the Assyrians, on the advance of the northern section of Israel, it brought them to this awareness that they really desperately needed God's presence. There seems to be this desperation among the people of God to see God awaken their hearts. This is a pattern in human history. Uh, when things go bad, what do we do? We become desperate for God to awaken our hearts. Uh, I would suggest we're in a similar situation today uh, where we say, God, we're desperate for a move. We need you to awaken our hearts and and the hearts of our families, hearts of our communities and country and world. Now, I'm not talking about um, a week-long meeting or a three-day event that's in a tent revival and you have this very large guy yelling at you, y'all going to hell, repent! Uh, That's not what I'm suggesting. Um, This isn't anyone manipulating someone. This is a day-after-day desperation among those whom are gods who want to see him awaken the hearts of his people. Interesting, uh, funny how relevant the word of God is. Um, Here today, we have an enemy at our doorstep. The woke mob, council culture is at our heels. We have natural disasters uh, with devastation from earthquakes in Haiti, the collapse of the Afghanistan government, and the rise of the terrorist Taliban group. With the severe persecution in Iran, Nigeria, China, and other nations, and with the brokenness of our own country, pandemics, although it's not the Assyrians at our um, doorstep, our enemy is just as wicked, but he's disguised as something or someone else. And what's the response of the church? With all the mess that's going on, what what do we do? Um, Maybe God is using the mess that's happened and that is happening to bring the church on her knees and turn back to him to seek out an awakening. And I know that God is willing, just ask. Um, I think sometimes we don't want to ask because we think God won't do it. Uh, It kind of reminds me of the other day, one of my kids came up to me and said, hey dad, before you say no, um, and in fact I did say no, uh, I think sometimes we go to God before, like we go to God like that. I mean, what happened to us as children of God that think that our father would say no to bringing an awakening in our land. Something interesting in this prayer, verse 15, the stock that your right hand planted for the one, uh, for the son whom you made strong for yourself. Who is the shoot or son? Uh, Some say the nation, uh, some say King Hezekiah, 
But I think if it's, it's a reference of the Messiah, he's right there. This isn't just a prayer for an awakening. It's a prayer to see Jesus. It's a prayer to send the Messiah, the one who brings true and lasting awakenings, the one who restores us to shalom. That's what we're after. We need that awakening. We need Jesus to enlighten us, to restore the joy of our salvation. Our marriages need it. Our children need it. Our community, our country, and our world needs it. And our prayer is this, that God, would you bring an awakening? And now the topic of the week, Sharia law. I want to preface this with, I am not a foreign policy expert and nowhere near it, right? Uh, But we've all watched the horrific scenes coming out of Afghanistan Uh, America withdrew the remaining troops, and the Taliban not just infiltrated, uh, they completely took over the government, and now they are in control of Kabul. Uh, These aren't your normal insurrectionists, if there is such a thing as a normal insurrectionist. Uh, These guys are terrorists. Uh, We watch the apocalyptic-like scenes where the airports were bombarded with people, and even scenes of people uh, falling from the sky because they were holding onto the airplanes, which is now being reported that that person was a child. That's a desperation that I've never seen. Meanwhile, the State Department is demanding the Taliban to be inclusive in their government leadership. And a Taliban spokesperson said issues such as the media and women's rights would be respected, quote, within the framework of Islamic law. And then meanwhile, again, videos are surfacing of women and children being brutally beat by the Taliban to escape to the airports to flee the country. The horrors on my newsfeed from fellow pastors and Christians pleading for prayers for their friends who are missionaries in the area saying that they are hiding their families because they know the Taliban is looking for them. Meanwhile, our president holds a press conference the other day talking about you better get the booster shot and mentions nothing about the horrors coming out of Afghanistan. Um, now, to be fair, he did mention it in another um type of news, whatever, press conference. In fact, when he was questioned about it earlier in the week, um, his response was, well, the buck stops with me, Uh, but this is all Trump's fault. And I'm paraphrasing. Again, I'm no foreign policy expert, but I do know that how you end a project matters. I'm not sure how long we should have been there in Afghanistan, and I'm not arguing that we should have been there for another 20 years. Uh, I even think that we were there probably for too long. Um, Honestly, again, I'm not the expert, so I don't know. I also have another kind of um, thought that is just kind of swimming in my head about all of this. Um, I do think the American elites of our country believe that we should plant our fruit trees in the desert. Let me explain. I live in Utah, but I'm from Georgia. I loved gardening, landscaping in Georgia, and I just love watching uh, things grow. Um, When I moved to Utah, I knew that many of the plants I used in Georgia would never work here in Utah. We aren't in the sweaty armpits anymore of the South. We're in the dry lands where the supposed lizard people are formed. So I can't plant the trees and the bushes that require the humid conditions uh, here in the dry lands of Utah. Likewise, maybe the American ideas that work here in America won't actually work in Afghanistan, but, you know, I'm just a pastor, so what do I know? Anyway, 
That was a long, long little caveat to get to the topic of the week. So we can expect the Taliban to govern like the terrorist organization that they are, and they will govern according to, here's our topic, the Sharia law. So what is the Sharia law? It's a system that governs how you act. It's composed of the principles of Islam, laid out mainly in the Quran and in the record of the Prophet Muhammad's life. Sharia law divides offenses into two general categories, the hot offenses, uh, which are serious crimes, with set penalties, and the seer crimes, uh, where the punishment is left to the discretion of the judge. A few examples of the hot offenses include death for apostasy, or leaving the Muslim faith, amputation of the hand uh, for theft, and of the hand and foot for highway robbery, death by stoning for extramarital sexual relations when the offender is married, and 100 lashes when the offender is unmarried, and 80 lashes for an unapproved accusation of unchastity, and for the drinking of the intoxicant. So this is what the American troops fought for, freedom from this oppression, from the tyranny of the Taliban. But this is what the Biden administration handed back over to the civilians left in Afghanistan. So what do we do? There's probably a list of things you could think of that I also could think of, but here's what I'm going to tell you to do. Ask God for an awakening in our world and start with your heart, your family, ask him for your church, for your city, state, our country, and for our world. And here's what I know. Jeremiah 29, 12, the good verse. Uh, then you, well, they're all good verses. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God responds. Sounds like we're primed for an awakening. So ask, seek, and we will see the awakening that generations have longed for. If you're still listening to this podcast, congratulations, you have officially made it to the end. If you want to learn more about us, we're on RefugeCityChurch.com, Facebook, Refuge City Church, Instagram, Refuge Cedar City. And that's all for today's midweek podcast. Until next week, hope you guys have a great one, and we'll see you back here next week again for the midweek podcast. Bye-bye.